And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea, conversationalists across the fruited plain, captains, courageous pirate princes of the universe, and the ladies who lunch. It is open line Friday. And I made it. I did it. <laughs> Even with the stumble, I recovered like the professional I am. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Welcome, everybody. Happy to have all of you here with us. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. And yes, this is the day of the week where you basically steer the ship. So put your paddles in the water and get ready to swim upstream. Uh, We're going to do this. Uh, Give a quick shout-out to everybody who is listening to us on uh, podcast platforms around the world. We are also on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Odyssey live, and the YouTube gets ported over to Rumble. So you can jump in the chat, and if you are with us live, you can always leave a comment after the fact. Send us an email, connect with us on social media. The email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. We're also on Discord. All right. All of that done. <laughs> Sci-fi snob, imagine the radiation coming off those screens. Yeah, there's probably there's probably a little bit of that. Probably a little bit of that. <coughs> and it appears that my chat widget is not functioning, so it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to pull chat up in the screen. But I'm watching. I'm looking. I'm. I see you all there. I see Keely. I see Dave. I see Cam. Uh, I see Sci-fi snob. Good to have all of you with us. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to copy that. I'm going to paste that there. We're going to do that. Oh. Nerd says no sound here. Hang on just a second here. Reset the stream. All right, let's try that. Let's see. Does that uh, does that help, Nerd? All right, we got a we got us a sound issue over on Odyssey. Stand by here for a second. I'm going to make sure that it's going. Is our sound is our sound problem fixed? See, this is what we run into with Odyssey. Every now and again, we every, just hiccup in the technology. Sometimes um, they've been doing some upgrades, and they've had some some issues from third party providers with some of the stuff. So, uh, so let me let me do this real quick and just double check and make sure. Um, I'm going to switch that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to hit that. Are we? Do we have audio, Mrs. Boss? Do we have audio on Odyssey? Do you? Do you know? Um, let's see if we have that. All right. Okay. Good now. Nerd says we're good now. Good. Great. Um, all right. So let's see. There we go. All right. Well, I got it. All right. I got it. Thank you, Odyssey. Odyssey has a tendency to unmute itself. They're aware of that bug, but we've also been having some issues with with replays and uploads and stuff. So there, there's a yeah, we're getting there. It's it's there. All right. So where do we go? I want to I want to start just a couple of real quick things. This Eliza Blue thing 
is getting stupid. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not not my not my dog to fight and anything like that. But if you're paying attention to this stuff, it just reinforces what I've been saying about about social media and the entire i this entire concept of any kind of unbiased uh there is no social media that doesn't have bias all right whether it's whether it's Elon trying to clean things up for free speech we're seeing still that some people have the ability, have the skill set or the connections or the whatnot to abuse the system. Whether they're abusing the YouTube copyright strike system or the false flagging or the whatever, uh, you know, Eliza Blue is just the latest person, the latest example of how how somebody with connections can abuse the system and I'm not talking about the trafficking stuff. You know, she wants to define trafficking as somebody stealing her pictures and using it to catfish people on dating sites. That's that's her bellowick. That's not what trafficking is. And her behavior in the last few days and and some of the stuff that's been coming out with regard to all of that just kind of works against all of the work that she's been doing on behalf of people who have been abused and trafficked and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, it's just like you're not doing yourself any good. You're not helping your own cause by doing all of this stuff. And I'm hoping it gets cleared up. You know, quartering's been banned. Yellow Flash has been banned. Brittany Venti's been banned. I don't know. Is Data Racer still out there? Is he still up? Because he was the next one that probably was going to get hit. But eventually this thing's going to snowball to the point where Twitter cannot ignore it. And they're going to have to address it. And, and hopefully, hopefully they see, uh, they see some, some rational light. Yeah, Tug's probably going to get hit. Anna's probably going to get hit. And Anna's got her own thing going on with, with Lady Alchemy and Martina Makova. Whatever's going on there, I'm not paying attention to it. Don't know, don't care, don't want to know. There's too much. You got, there's too much drama that is absolutely unnecessary and it's distracting from the priorities that we should have cleaning up social media and trying to get it to a point where we're not neener neener neenering everybody it's just it's 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 ridiculous anyway all right all right rant's over that's done i'm not going to talk about it anymore um This is Open Line Friday. I'm going to let you guys start. So I'm going to start putting, I'm going to start putting, I'm going to put the link in the chat here for just a second. But first of all, I'm going to bring Christopher Hoffman in because he's got some things to say. Hello, sir. By the way, Good. thanks for, thanks for covering yesterday. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was my pleasure. And it was, it was really fun. So. Aside from uh, some technical glitches. <laughs> well, that, but. You, you know, I I got to I got to say, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, the control panel for this show is not simple. 
And I think you did you did fine given how much given how much time you had to practice with the with the setup. So yeah, you it was it was good. All right. There you go. Nothing blew up on your end or my end, so that was a good thing. That's right. You know. That's right. And uh, uh, we got a question in the chat uh, from 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 Mr. Pensack there. Why is no one paying attention to the topic that Stone Martin weasels deserve better working conditions? Um. <laughs> No, no, Cyphus. You have that. You have that wrong. She's not advocating for trafficking. She's advocating for the victims of trafficking uh, by by claiming to have been trafficked herself. But her definition, according to her interview with Michael Malice, uh, doesn't quite fit what everybody understands as trafficking. So it's it is it is a mess. It's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. It's deep, dark rabbit hole. Are, are, are we gonna turn into like a uh, Eliza Blue uh, no. drama channel? Now? No, no, we are not. We are not. It could generate some views. No, no, uh, no. <laughs> I did that once. I did that once. I'm not gonna do it again. No. Wait, what do you no, have? No. What do you have? You have no. thoughts. Share your thoughts. Yes, I have thoughts. Um, yeah, actually, last night it was revealed that uh, both the uh, HBO Max series um, Doom Patrol as well as Titans are being canceled, um, each after uh, four seasons. And this is um, comes as another blow to uh, Greg Berlanti's production company at least uh his ties with like the cw and the dc kind of arrow verse that he's created around um the beginning of the green arrow uh series way back um in the mid 2000s and it's really it's really frustrating and it's kind of confusing as well because uh berlanti just signed a another four-year deal with uh warner brothers and discovery um so his production company is at least still contracted um with warner brothers yet they're canceling his shows um right now we've got the flash which is uh, in its last season right. and that's going to be debuting in february and then we've still got um lois and clark that's technically not necessarily part of the Arrowverse. um but it's still within the DC wheelhouse. Um, and right now it looks like the only thing that we've got really looking forward to um, from Berlanti's productions um, that's still in the pipeline is Gotham Knights. There have been some rumors about Justice, uh, Justice U, um, but I haven't that, really yeah, seen that's anything not, going forward yeah, on that's that. Not, that's not happening. Uh, the, the, other, the other one that is still... Uh, possibly a thing is the Green Lantern show, uh, which is yes. getting getting revamped and reworked. But Berlani's deal with Warner Brothers doesn't necessarily mean DC shows, because he's exactly. got he's got other exactly. stuff that he's. Uh, I think I think at one point he had something like thirteen shows in production. It was a massive pile of work. Mm -hmm. So you know, just just because because he's got. Um, He's got that uh, that uh, space race show, Project Artemis, setting up over at, at Apple as well. So he's he's staying busy. Mm -hmm. It's just we're not going to get any more CW Arrowverse, which I'm fine with. And you know, part of that also too is the fact that the CW is now owned by Nexstar, 
and yes. they're taking they're taking a completely different approach to what their what their audience is going to be, you know, because they're sitting there saying, well, you know, you've got all this programming for women eighteen to thirty four, eighteen to fifty four, and our data shows that men thirty nine to fifty four are watching your shows. So <laughs> we need to we need to have more programs for them. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. But I think Berlanti is going to be fine as far as anything else. So is your complaint that we're losing all these Arrowverse shows or your complaint is that Berlanti is still getting a deal to do stuff? And that, well, it, it's not necessarily a complaint. It, it's it's more of a um, sort of a, a lament, wow. um, uh, especially with um, the uh, especially in in regards to the Doom Patrol. Um, I, I think it was a uh, well, it is currently uh, and that um a really uh, innovative uh, character driven show yeah. um that didn't necessarily fall into kind of the cw uh sort of soap opera you know kind of stuff that um some of the D uh, dc shows were doing right um and it's just uh it's it's a shame to you know have this kind of sort of abruptly come to an end although i do know that the uh producers and directors were uh made aware of this ahead of time and so they've kind of you know sort of trying to tie things up by the end of the series to make you know everything complete um unfortunately i think that it might feel a bit rushed um, sort of like what happened with uh, the uh, the ten episode structure of American Horror Story, and that you get down to like episode eight, and you're like, wait a second, we've had all these things uh, to tie up. We've right. got two more forty five minute episodes to do it in, and yeah, and that that, that, um, that can sometimes create a mess. Let me let me ask you real quick: Can you take your microphone and pull it away from your face just a little bit? There we go. There you go. Does that help? Uh, uh, now aim it back in, but keep it out that direction. There okay. you go. Yeah, because every now and again I'm hearing a... <sighs> so we're going ah. clean, to clean that up a little bit. Um, oh, I, I have not heard anything one way or the other on this, but I'm wondering if... Doom Patrol and Titans, if those characters end up someplace else in some other form. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, James Gunn and Peter Safran have their, have their plan, and they're going to roll out their Phase 1, Chapter 1, First Part, whatever that's going to be. And, you know, stuff like Doom Patrol, stuff like Titans, stuff like Stargirl, very well received... Um, but doesn't have the numbers and, and David yep. Zaslav over at Warner Brothers Discovery is, is a numbers guy and he's sitting there going, okay, how do we make money? Where do we make money? This isn't, this, this isn't, this doesn't have any viewers. This doesn't have enough of an audience. It's not making us enough money. We have to cancel it because it's costing us more than we make. <coughs> now. Can Doom Patrol get farmed out? Because there have been shows that have been canceled before that have been revived on another network, 
And it's possible, and I don't know anything about how this works, all right, despite all of my time in the film industry and, and, and media and whatnot, it's possible. I'm, 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 I'm speculating. I wonder if the cancellation of the show is a necessary legal step to set up the show someplace else. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, that for I, sure. I don't. I that's a complete guess on my part. But I would wonder about that because okay, it's been under contract at HBO Max. Let's cancel it and maybe it gets picked up someplace else. Because Snowpiercer was was recently canceled mm-hmm. at TNT and it's going to get it's going to find another home somewhere. And Zaslav has said, you know, there is a number of times we're going to take a look at every single project we've got, and if it makes sense to keep it in house. HBO, HBO Max will do that. If it makes sense to shop it out, to farm it out, to license it, to sell it, we'll do that. Because he's looking at the bottom line. He's got to clear, what, $33 billion in debt or something like that. It's just—it's a crazy amount. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and certainly, I mean, even with the Doom Patrol, I mean, you've got a great ensemble cast. Um, of course, you've got uh, Brendan Fraser, who, who's going, you know, through a... Um, career renaissance right now yeah I mean, and, and and see and that's marketing that's marketing uh gold right there because now the doom patrol can sit there and go we have academy award nominee brendan fraser in our cast right you could you could it, it's it, exactly yeah and and you've also got michelle gomez um who was in you know the uh, chilling adventures of sabrina as well as you know of course her iconic turn as uh, missy from Doctor Who, she's uh, a part of the uh, ensemble cast, and uh, Diana Guerrero, um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's just a really, really uh, well-paced, well-written show. It is, it is weird, but it doesn't make any, you know, like it it, it doesn't uh, say that okay, this is going to be your normal superhero series. Mm-hmm. In fact, it kind of flies its freak flag high as it were um but it's uh yeah it was just a it was really kind of a a a bit of a um a sucker punch at least to 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 me to hear that that was going to be canceled because it seemed like they were just on the precipice of drawing in from other uh iterations of the doom patrol and that um, because they oh, had right. been focusing on some of the um, uh, Grant Morrison stuff, and um, now they're getting to uh, they were introducing some of the characters that uh, Gerard Way, uh, who did Umbrella Academy, um, he had a run at Doom Patrol a couple of years ago, and uh, they just introduced a, like a, a a new set of characters that he created, and so it seemed like at least that IP and that property had a lot of um, really interesting characters and storylines to draw from. Right. And uh, un- unfortunately it seems to be a casualty of uh, we've got to get rid of some of this debt and this numbers aren't pulling in. Well, and, and I think, you know, I think too, the, the way, uh, the way you hang on, no, I don't want to do that. The way you, uh, the way you, you approach it, is you know, yeah it's it's kind of cold hearted is it making us money or not if if it's not get rid of it 
But at the same time, from a practical standpoint, you really kind of don't have any other choice. You don't have any other option. But see, because CW is a good example of this, because for as long as that network existed, it never made any money. And you look at Batwoman. You know, we get three seasons of Batwoman. Nobody's watching it. 300,000 people watch it. 350,000 people watch it. It gets three seasons. Mark Pedowitz, the president of CW, comes in and says, yeah, nobody's watching it. But it sure did get a lot of social media chatter. And it was like, no, 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 no. That's not why you do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and this, this is... Now you have the grown-ups in the room sitting there saying social media cred is is nice and all, but that's 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 the cherry on top. You've got to actually make a cake that people are going to want to take and 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 participate in and say this is actually going to do something that's going to make us money. It's going to pull pull an audience in, which is going to get us advertising dollars or licensing fees or merchandising or something like that. As opposed to just letting it hang out there all by itself and and not support it. Yeah, it, exactly, exactly. And and one of the uh, really uh, interesting things and in, in what drew me back to at least you know catching up um, on the CW series um, through streaming um, is the fact that the writers for especially um, the Flash and uh, Star Girl. Um, they really seem to have a good understanding, at least, uh, at, uh, of the comic history of the characters. In fact, um, I can say um, with confidence that I know that The Flash was actually um, using some storylines and characters from the late 80s, early 90s iteration uh, of oh, yeah. the comic books. And um, then, you know, when they were bringing in the JSA and then we've got you know, sort of Legends of Tomorrow, which was a, just a, it was a fun sort of bubblegum series. Legends of Tomorrow you know, was just silly off the rails, uh, just fluff. It was it was not you could not you could not take Legends of Tomorrow seriously at all. Just because of the nature of the show. And and see, that's what made that show work is they completely leaned into that. They started you could tell the first first season or two, they weren't quite sure because we gotta fit in this arrow arrowverse, right? And arrow's dark and gritty and we gotta you know put some realism into it and whatnot. And at some point in there, somebody said, Ah, screw it. Let's just let's just do the crazy. And at that point, the show really started to click, and it worked. And then you oh, get yes, yes, yes. Bebo. And then, yeah, Bebo. <laughs> yeah, Bebo. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, uh, no, I, I, um, uh, I, I was telling Mrs. Boss that, that um, I, I, I secretly, I secretly want a Bebo plushie. So, um, <laughs> and that, but uh, as far as Legends of Tomorrow goes, uh, the the chemistry between in the first couple of seasons between Dominic Purcell and Wentworth Miller mm-hmm. as yeah. Captain Cold and Heatwave, that is like to me, that is the greatest on-screen portrayal of the Rogues that I've seen. I've really, you know, it just really kind of captured that whole kind of Rogue 
uh, gallery dynamic, you know, of the Flash enemies. Yeah, well, it helps and, that they'd worked um, together before on Prison Break. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, but um, but it was really interesting for that. And um, it's, yeah, it, just to go back to the fact that, um, you know, the, the CW shows weren't drawing in the numbers, um, like Star Girl. Star Girl was was good. It was it was it was a fun sort of wholesome show. Um, and you had Star also... Girl's creator Jeff Johns involved in that. You talk about the writers getting uh, getting the hang of of understanding the characters. I mean, he's he's the guy who made her. You know, he created Star Girl, and he's involved in that. So that helped. And a lot of people, it, you know, exactly. I saw a lot of positive feedback about Star Girl. A lot of good, a lot of a lot of good buzz on that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and and I'm glad that right now, currently, it's it's being, you know, shown on uh, HBO Max, so you can catch up on it. Because they were also drawing in from um, James Robinson's work on on Star Man, particularly with the, the character of Shade, mm -hmm. and and so it was just a really refreshing kind of, you know, it was sure it was comic booky. You know, and dealing with superheroes and stuff like that, but uh, um, it was just a, a really well written and, and well performed show. Um, it, it seems like the the CW and um, and Warner Brothers Discovery is, is kind of uh, had enough of the superhero genre, at least for a while. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far because the CW is going to cease to exist, and that's not a that's mm -hmm. not a Warner Brothers thing. That's Warner Brothers sells the thing, not making them money. The CW is going to go away. At some point, Nexstar will rebrand it, and, and yet CBS and Warner Brothers still have a piece of the ownership there. But Nexstar has that; they're going to be running it. It's the CW is gone. <coughs> Warner Brothers. To hear to hear Zaslav talk, Warner Brothers is fully invested in a in a comic book movie franchise. The DC films, now, the, you know, they've got Michael DeLuca in there. They got Pam Abdi, they got James Gunn, they got Peter Safran. They've got a they've got a team of people right there. That block of people who understand this is our cash cow. It's time to properly feed and water and milk it and let's and let's get something going here instead of doing some big scattershot whatever thing snyder this and shazam that and this that and the other and here's this over here with my matt reeves and here's this over here with these tv it's time to have a cohesive plan and so you know warner brothers i think is fully invested in dc comics related material but they've got to figure out what it is that's going to work and what's going to appeal to the audience and and if i were sitting if i were sitting in zaslev's office and he and he gave me 5 minutes to pitch whatever as a strategy or a plan or or whatnot i would point to top gun maverick and i would say that is what you need to do with dc films top gun maverick is the perfect example of something that is fan service, good story, excellent characterization, depth to all of that. There's plot, there's action, there's there, cinematography, effects, everything. It's, it is such a perfect mix of all of the different elements that you need for a successful film. Take those, 
apply that across the franchise, and casting is a big part of that too. You know, Jason Momoa, he's been playing Lobo since he started in the DC Universe. All right? He's not Aquaman. He's been playing Lobo who can breathe underwater. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, th- that was such a miscast character. But you get people like whoever is going to end up playing Superman, whether it's whether it's Cavill or some young kid or whatever, what I, whatever, get somebody that's good for the part, who understands the character, who can come in just like Christopher Reeve did when Christopher Reeve says at his core, Superman is a friend. Christopher Reeve got it. Mm-hmm. Henry Cavill may have understood the character, but he didn't get to play the character. But you get that team in, at DC that understands this is what we need to do. You look at you look at Top Gun Maverick, you look at Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's what you need to do with DC films. Yes, yeah, uh, I, I I do agree with that. Um, and and I was uh, let me make a sort of a uh, in a amendment to to the statement that I had. Um, I, I guess I was um, focusing more on the kind of the CW sort of thing. And admittedly, you know, CW, aside from the Arrowverse, um, has sort of a kind of a tarnished reputation, um, you know, especially with uh, these uh, – Teenagey, angsty soap opera shows. Yeah, it's YA. Um, it's it's you know, it's YA like, yeah, drama. It's, it's totally yeah. yeah, totally YA. See, it, um, it, it, the CW the CW would have adapted I Am Not Starfire, and it would have been a disaster, and nobody would have watched it, and people would have been called names because nobody watched it, and and, and that's you know that because but. That's what the CW was doing. The CW was was trying to appeal to a certain age group and a certain social media activity group, and they weren't making any money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cam says Dawson's Creek was patient zero. <laughs> That's funny. So now um, keeping keeping with a. Uh, uh, you know Warner Brothers and DC. Um, have you seen the uh, the second uh, and the latest trailer for the new Flash movie? Uh, not Flash, excuse me, um, Shazam. Movie yeah, with uh, Matt Levi. Yeah, I've and seen that. it. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it, okay. it 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 looks fine for what it is. I mean, <clears throat> the first I'm I have never been a fan. Of New Fifty Two Captain Marvel, okay. Because for all that Jeff Johns is an excellent writer most of the time, this idea that Captain Marvel is still Billy when he's in his grown-up form is just a dumb idea. I've never understood it. I've never agreed with it. It doesn't make any sense because two things: one. Physically, when Billy invokes the power of Shazam and he turns into Captain Marvel, he's no longer a kid. He's a he's a he's a grown man adult. And one of the attributes, one of his powers is the wisdom of Solomon. And you look at all of the different characters, you know, Solomon, Hercules, Zeus, Atlas, Achilles, 
Solomon's the only person out of that whole lineup who was an actual historical real figure. Mm -hmm. And the wisdom of Solomon is completely missing from Zachary Levi's character. And the wisdom of Solomon is completely missing from Jeff John's New 52 Captain Marvel. Because he's still Billy. And it doesn't work that way. He's a grown-up. He's Captain Marvel. He's not Billy Batson in a in a in a grown-up suit. It's not big. He's a completely different person and should be portrayed as such. If you're if you've got Zach if you've got Zachary Levi playing Captain Marvel and he's Captain Marvel, not Shazam, then he should be, you know, more mature and more responsible and you know he's got his head in the game the, but they're doing this whole you know big in a cape for for laughs and yucks and that's not what captain marvel was about you go all the way back to the Fawcett comics days they're two completely different people and that, yeah and i mean i can understand how that that works um you know especially in the faucet days um with uh captain marvel uh, when you know billy turned into shazam and that sort of thing i i personally um i i, I wasn't drawing the you know big and a cape comparisons i personally thought that the first shazam movie um suffered from you know the origin story kind of syndrome yeah um it's like okay we've got to let these people know who this guy is and stuff like that and everything um and this new movie coming out um at least based on the second trailer which i'm afraid kind of showed the whole movie in the trailer <laughs> probably um, and that it 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 is uh you know a couple of years after he's donned the cape yeah um so um it, at least from the clips that I've seen uh, in the trailer, it looks like he is, he's still got that, you know, kind of child, you know, teenager snarkiness to him, but it looks like he's kind of grown a little bit more into the cape. Yeah, it's, um, it's tempered a little bit, but it, but again, this is, it, this is going to be one of these big, clunky, Action set after action set after action set, and then we're gonna. They're they're leaning they're leaning in. When I when I look at this trailer, I get Man, Man of Steel vibes, and not Shazam Captain Marvel vibes. Right? It's it's like we're regressing here. Captain Marvel the the Shazam movies have never been part of the Snyderverse, not not mm -hmm. really. But it feels like somebody is trying to do a Snyder thing over there. And it just, it looks okay. I mean, yeah, I'll probably eventually go see it. And, uh, you know, given what we do here, I probably need to go see it sooner rather than later. But I, it doesn't, it doesn't really uh, inspire me that I've, got to go see it right now you know opening night i'm gonna be right there in line that that kind of those days are over for me i don't get excited about anything anymore and so well except my revenge um, of the jedi I, patch <laughs> there we go and that no I, I just um i'm i'm looking forward to seeing it um i i'm not going to be um you know their opening night or anything like that i'll probably you know wait 
at, at least a you know a week you know for the crowds to die down if there are crowds it looks like um it it looks like it'll probably have a decent showing because of you know people are like oh wait a second this is the new shazam movie yeah let's go ahead and, and check that out um i uh it should do okay i don't yeah i i don't know where the dc hero verse is going to go as far as the um the live action films um because i mean well we've got uh we've got james gunn uh in the helm right now and Um, and and let me let me interject here too that james gunn has clarified that the decision to cancel doom patrol and titans preceded his tenure at uh at warner brothers dc films so that decision was was made either by deluca and abney or zaslav Mm -hmm. so just just to just to make that clarification james gunn is not the one responsible for the cancellation of those two shows oh yes yes definitely and and um at least according to him (laughs) Mm-hmm. And, and and according to you know James Gunn's uh you know body of uh, earlier work he, he uh you one would think he would certainly you know kind of latch on to the weirdness that Doom Patrol was presenting right. and stuff like that um I mean gosh the the, the current season is uh uh they're they're going through a thing called butt apocalypse oh. and um and yeah it's 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 they're these sort of semi sentient um bums uh with with uh, piranha teeth um that uh, evidently have a love of show tunes that sounds that, so. very much like james gunn <laughs> but uh but luckily uh the butt apocalypse is mostly over they've gone on to uh general immortus uh and that uh, unfortunately i think it's going to end up because it has been canceled it's going to end up sort of like the last couple of episodes of uh season three of star girl where they uh are trying to tie up everything at once and the big reveal is not necessarily a a a big reveal um should i do a spoiler for the end of star girl um i i sure i don't care and that so well they introduced the ultra humanite in 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 that and um it turns out that uh that was a bit of a MacGuffin because although they've got the skin of the ultra humanite character that was a uh, enemy of the justice society of america in the comics um this giant gray uh gorilla um with the brain of a uh, alien scientist in it um it it turns out that uh he uh was not um yeah the ultra humanite wasn't the the character that was the gray ape um and it turns out that the resurrected star man um in the tv series was actually the ultra humanite all along and and yeah it it was just a a bit of a like uh, it's like yeah you're just doing this because it's it's we we've got to close the thing out 
Yeah. On that sort of series, but um, but no, I mean, Star Girl, you know, dealt, um, you know, delved into uh, the uh, Hour Man uh, addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, storyline. They were just starting off with that, and they had to curtail that. So it seemed like they were they were on a line. They were going on a really steady line of like doing really interesting character beats with all of these different ensemble characters within the group. Um, and I think that's what I liked about the Berlanti DC heroes. Um, and unfortunately, um, those shows, you know, were canceled. And now we're getting a little bit of a pushback, a tiny little bit of a pushback from what I've seen. Um, of people uh, sort of getting up in arms with the uh, casting uh, of Robin in um, Gotham Knights and, and yeah, Carrie like, Kelly. Yeah, who's who's Carrie Kelly and and stuff like that. And it's like, well, there's no, there's Carrie two Kelly, pro- there's two problems. That's Dark Knight Returns. That's Dark Knight Returns. But there's there's two problems with this Carrie Kelly. One. It's Carrie Kelly, and nobody knows who Carrie Kelly is unless they've read the comic books, which is, what, 200,000 people? I mean, there's nobody reads comic books. This is a comic book from 1986, 85, somewhere in there. So, you know, it's, it's a 40-year-old comic book. The people who Gotham Knights are, is made for probably have never even touched a comic book, so they don't know who Carrie Kelly is. And two, you have another example of gingerside with the casting of a black girl to play Carrie Kelly, who's a redhead in that comic book. So that's not Carrie Kelly. She may claim to be Carrie Kelly. They may say that her name is Carrie Kelly, but that's not Carrie Kelly. I don't even see Gotham Knights as being anything legitimate as far as being a DC show. That's somebody that said, hey, this is kind of a cool name. Let's let's take whatever it's 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 a, it's a Velma type of thing. We've got this idea for a show, but now we're going to skin it with something else that people are familiar with. In this case, Batman. But you've got a Batman show that doesn't have Batman, and you've got the adopted son that nobody's heard about. I mean, it's not like you don't have any options on that front. You know, Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne, Jason Todd. Take your pick. But no, let's make up somebody completely new that doesn't have any history in the Batman mythology at all. It's just, oh, the, yeah. whole, the whole concept is dumb. And that, well, well I mean, it's, it is, you know, definitely a video game tie-in. <clears throat> Except and, it's not and, based on the video game. And that, so, yeah, it, some it's, sim- it's Some weird, similar concepts, you know? but it's not based on the, I mean, they came out and they said, no, it's not based on the video game. It just happens they have the same same name. And, yeah, Batman's dead in both of them. But, okay, it's just, it's just dumb. It's, it's a dumb idea. I don't know who greenlit it. But they, but they, yeah. green, they greenlit it on the way out the door. <laughs> you know, yeah, sure, go make that thing. Bye. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, I, I, I myself, um, and I'll probably watch, you know, an episode or two just to, to get the lay of the land. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with with uh, the introduction of uh, Carrie Kelly as as the uh, Robin, as long as we get a solid kind of like introduction, like okay, well, this is, yeah, you know, to bring people up to speed. 
um, they did a really interesting um, uh, version of that when Warner Brothers uh, Animation Studios did uh, did uh, the Dark Knight Returns in their uh, animated two parter. You know, they 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 really brought you up to speed. Okay, okay. Well, this is the new Robin, that sort of thing. Right. Um. And and this is her sort of um, origin story, as it were. Um. And yeah, it's it's, it's just uh, I don't know. It's 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 weird. It seems like there's a lot of really interesting stuff to draw from, uh, from the DC universe and. As I mentioned before, Berlanti was definitely tapping into like you know the late '80s, mid to late '80s, early '90s DC canon, mm-hmm. and drawing out some really really interesting stuff. And um, hopefully, someone, if they're going to continue um, in uh, you know super DC superhero series, will delve into that kind of rich treasure trove of you know interesting uh lore there and bring about something new um i don't have a problem um introducing kind of like new characters and and stuff like that new iterations of characters as long as they uh make sense and you have a opportunity to say okay well this is why we're doing this You know, we're not just going to drop this in and stuff like that. One of the uh, problems I initially had with um, the uh, first uh, season of uh, Stargirl um, was the fact that we had this, you know, new Dr. Midnight. And um, I I was just admittedly, I was unfamiliar with not the original character, but with the, the new you know, uh, the Beth Chapel version. And um, I think as the second season went in, and especially the third season, you get this really like, okay, cool. The the actress has grown into the role. Right. She's gotten more used to being this kind of Dr. Midnight character. And she, her performance feels more comfortable in it. The writing shows that she's more comfortable as this character um of course she's not going to be the same you know cookie cutter dr midnight but at least she's like picked up the mantle and carrying it successfully um and hopefully we'll uh, get some new uh films and um animated series that do that i'm looking forward to seeing a little more of a serious um animated uh series or a um uh, another movie coming up from the animation studios because for me consistently they've been kind of carrying the torts for yeah. the dcu well you've um, got uh, the doom that came to gotham i think is the next one it's a it's a batman mm, one yeah and then of course there's the harley quinn valentine special and which that, looks th- you know what dumb I, as I all get out that that trailer we've got that in the in the stack for for good morning multiverse tomorrow that trailer for harley quinn's valentine special makes me angry okay i haven't i have not seen that trailer yet i i do enjoy the series um i i i really uh it it pains me to see 
that um, they there are comparisons between um, Velma, which is such a very mean-spirited show um, all around, um, and uh, Harley Quinn, um, which is just it's it's a goofy show. It's fun and it's goofy, and it it, it tells you right off the bat. You know, it's like fun and goofy and that sort of thing. Um, I guess and, I guess for me, my my biggest thing is when you have shows like Harley Quinn, and and that's just the latest example. But when you have shows like that that are completely irreverent, and the the humor is you know frat boy humor. It's potty mouth humor. It's you know tee hee hee. Look how look how vulgar we can get. It 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 strikes me as being disrespectful of the source material. It's not it's not one hundred percent clear parody, but it's also not we it's it's kind of this nebulous in between spot where. We're going to do this thing. We're going to have fun with this thing, but it's it's not really the thing that we should that we should do with it, right? It, it doesn't seem to me respectful of that material. So I, I don't I don't I don't know. Let's ask Sci-Fi Snob. He's coming in uh, here to talk a little bit. And I'm sure he's got some some ideas. Welcome, sir. Thank you, thank you. I uh, yeah, I just you know the Hardy Quinn thing. I uh, I enjoy the show. I, I agree with Chris. Uh, I enjoy the Hardy Quinn show. I mean, you don't you don't take it too seriously. You just you know it's a fun show. Um, I think they're uh, you know as long as you don't you know it's not canon. Uh, it takes a little bit of the um, you know takes the piss so to speak out of uh, the whole superhero thing, and you know the villains and the soup and the heroes. Uh, you know, there's a pretty good. The first season was pretty good. They were picking on Aquaman all the time. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, as long as you look at it that way, then uh, you know there's nothing wrong with it. So, um, I yeah, think, I've, I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and, uh, okay. and and you're you're allowed to enjoy it. That see, that's that's the thing. You you guys enjoy it for all all you want and, and everything. I, it's just not my bag. I mean, uh, Kaylee kuko has got a, it's good she's a good voice for hardy quinn yeah and i would uh, i'd be interested to see you know there's talk about margot robbie not being hardy quinn anymore i was wondering who they get and i was wondering if they might you know use her even you know as an actress as well that'd be interesting um you're right about the the swearing there's a little bit of uh you know you know well, foul language have, but i think it's a little overdone seen, for myself you have know? you I'm seen prude, but... have you seen the 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 trailer for the valentine special yet no, I haven't seen that yet. Okay, uh, so let me give you the premise, right? <clears throat> because Harley and Ivy have to be a couple, right? Because the internet says they have to be a couple, right? So they're a couple. And yeah. it's Valentine's Day. So on Valentine's Day, Harley does a thing. And Ivy really enjoys the thing. And the results of which spread all over Gotham. And so now everybody's doing the thing because of the pheromones or the whatever that Ivy releases on her moment, let's say. 
And so now you've got the entire city of Gotham running like dogs in the street. I mean, it is really, that's the show. That's, that's the, that's the Valentine special, right? That's, that's okay. It kind of, I mean, it's not my thing, but it kind of fits in with the, um, you know, with what they're doing. I'm, I'm, I don't have a trouble with the, uh, the lesbian storyline with the, um, with the two of them. I mean, it seems like a sort of a, a natural thing. I mean, you know, uh, Poison Ivy has been done in two different ways where she's, you know, extra, you know, super vampy, but also that whole, uh, you know, the the opposite of that as well. Yeah. And, you know, Harley could be seen as a, a character that, uh, you know, is a, she, a, you know, a heterosexual woman who is, uh, you know, because of a bad relationship, you know, becomes, uh, becomes uh homosexual i mean that's a pretty standard uh you know storyline there's a whole you know memes and, and jokes about you know women who are you know swear off men because men are such jerks and you know right. there's no bigger jerk than joker but i'm just hoping that they they don't dig into this uh too far and then have to show their relationship perfectly like i would i'm hoping that these two are gonna they're gonna break up soon and there's gonna be some sort of uh you know, uh, there's gonna, they're going to work with that the, that lesbian angle a little bit more, and not just go, oh, we have to have lesbians, so let's have some. They're going to, you know, make a good story out of it, and uh, you know, carry on like that. But I, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think they're not going to have the the guts to do that. They'll just stick with the whole uh, the whole well, thing. And <clears throat> given, given everything's happy and perfect, given and, the know. kind of show it is, I expect that it's all going to be nyuk nyuk nyuk, and and goofy silly they're not going to do any kind of a serious storyline there anyway well i mean not serious but but i mean that i mean these two should break up right like these are you know harley quinn is not a a stable person right right? well how long is none of neither of them are neither of of them are (laughs) i mean ivy was about to get married and she loved this guy and supposedly you know for all intents and purposes kite man is a good guy you know uh, and then all of a sudden she switches. These, you know, these characters are not stable. They should yeah. be, you know, and they're, they're murderers. They're, you know, Thieves there should be some throats. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Poison Ivy and Kite Man, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mean, this, yeah. This show was not. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Right, okay. But but it was it, it was established um, it, at least through the show that. Um, that although um, Poison Ivy had, you know, a, a fondness and a a love for for Kite Man, um, it, it wasn't. Uh, it, it it was going to be one of those things that if she married Kite Man, it, it was going to be kind of like okay, I guess I'm sort of kind of settling, you, you know. Um, and, and he's a good person and I don't want to like hurt his feelings, that sort of thing. Um, and then you have the, uh, the, uh, revelatory, um, uh, you know, coupling of, uh, of Harley Quinn and, and Poison Ivy. And, and then there's like, wait a second, you got, we've been together all along, you know, and we should just like take this to the to the the next level that sort of thing of a relationship um and with i mean with harley with this show harley quinn it is really humorous it does take the piss out of a lot of people um i really <laughs> i i really like the fact that they um 
have kind of knocked Bane off of his uh, high horse, as it were, <laughs> during the episodes and stuff like that. Um, but there's some really interesting, good writing there in the series. Um, there was a character played uh, by um, uh, Jason... Uh, uh, George Casanza on Seinfeld. I'm blanking out on his Jason name. Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, guys, um, just a second. Keely, and, Keely, thanks very much for being here. He's got to go. Thanks for a good show. Thanks for being here, and, uh, and I hope to see you again. All right. Sorry about that. Go ahead. And, and uh, No, uh, uh, Jason Alexander uh, played the uh, landlord um, of the, uh, the hideout where Harley Quinn and her uh, cadre were you know, staying and stuff like that. And um, at the end of, I believe it's like season two, he, he has to make a sacrifice. And uh, admittedly, you know, I, 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 I got a little misty when that happened. And, and, and that's a result of like, you know, good performances and good writing, you know, for me, because uh, it's like in other shows, you don't necessarily get emotionally involved with, you know, like a, a one-off character or something like that, or a side character as it were. Right. Um, and I think that uh, Harley Quinn, as I mentioned before, um, is being kind of unfairly maligned when it's be compared to, to Velma. And um, I really don't, as as far as Velma goes, um, I I uh, it's it's I I went and I saw the third episode. It didn't give me any other uh, feelings Wait, in the did, first two episodes. You, you just you, you made just it mean. you made it through three episodes of Velma. Oh yeah, I told you I was taking one for the team. I didn't, and, uh, and it, I, it's not a question of like me hate watching it or yeah. anything like that. It's just like I'm trying to see if there's anything, you know, it, that, are we going to have you know better character arcs or or any character arcs? Yeah, you know that sort of thing. And as far as the mystery, the main mystery is is uh, uh, you know popular girls or, or excuse me actually in the show they're called hot girls mm. um they're being killed and their brains are being removed and um then of course you've got like the low-hanging fruit joke of like okay well she's hot she didn't have much of a brain to remove in the first place you know that sort of thing which yeah. they you know definitely lean into um but the show on itself it's it's uh the writing is just yeah it's it's written for the writers in the writing room like oh hey look how smart we are and we say that we really love this property but we can't really tell you that we love this property so we're gonna you know just right. like oh Vel no, no we can't say that that would make us look uncool so we've got to hate on everything velma exists to make everyone angry just, yeah, just to sorry, just to go back. Like, I I don't want to. Oh sure. I mean, no, I no, think no, Hardy Hardy Quinn is one of the best written animated shows out there right now. Yeah. Um. And and my concerns about the whole lesbian thing is just that they won't do it justice because the writing has been so good so far, and it's definitely uh you know, the 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 space between Hardy Quinn and Velma is is huge. Yeah. You know, uh, Hardy Quinn is up there with uh, shows like Primal. Uh, for animation and, and writing and storyline, 
um, you know, it's a, and, and, you know, uh, Rick and Morty, which I enjoy too, though. I know that of some people are, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hate for Rick and Morty as well, but, uh, it's, it's in the top there and it's, you know, it, the, the gulf between it and Velma is huge. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no comparing it. So, uh, yeah. So my, my concerns with Hardy Quinn come with the fact that, you know, I'm afraid they won't do, you know, the storyline justice because they're afraid to, because of the woke mob. They're not going to put as much of a, uh, you know, uh, a force into it because they're afraid, which is part of the reason why I like Rick and Morty because they'll take the piss out of anybody and they don't care. Yeah. They're very much, uh, you know, they're uh, Matt Parker, Ch- uh, Stone and Parker there in that kind of, you know, South Park. They don't give a crap about anybody. They'll just go uh, go on to whoever. So uh, I can respect that. Now, I mean, in in, in the comic books, uh, with uh, and, and I know that Harley Quinn the series isn't, you know, necessarily canon, but in the comic books, I mean, it, it's been shown that that Harley Quinn is is, uh, you know, bisexual, if if not, you know, pansexual. I'm not trying to get into the ABC um, sort of thing with that, um, and so she's like, you know, jumped through a number of different relationships on on you know with with different uh you know genders and and stuff like that it's just it's just like who she is attracted to at at the time and and not in sort of like a manipulative way she's just kind of like searching out for something and and um it's it's been interesting to see the different relationships that she's had you know some are just like flings some of them are actually you know a little bit more of a long-term relationship sort of like the the ongoing uh relationship between her and ivy so i do agree with with a sci-fi snob uh in hopes that they have uh have this relationship have sort of a um not trying to put words in your mouth kind of like a natural ebb and flow you know i would agree yeah um and i want to push back i mean i I agree with all that Uh, i put i'll push back a little bit about their whole relationship you know you mentioned that you know they they kind of that um Ivy was kind of, you know, she had that sort of, oh, you know, Kite Man is a nice guy. I don't, um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, she was kind of settling. And I would agree that there's some of that. But there's also the opposite as well, where she's like, oh, I really love Kite Man. And you could say that she was, um, she was, uh, you know, maybe deluded when she said that. But I think that, and that's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think there's, there's, uh, uh, there's counters to what, you know, you're you know that oh well she didn't really love kite man but there's also stuff that she doesn't where she does love him so i think you know that's my impression so i think that what they're what they're doing is and maybe they did on a purpose in order to show that she's i mean that's a good way to show that she's a little bit unstable right she goes from oh loving him and he's the greatest thing to sort of like acting this sort of uh oh well you know i'm kind of settling and you know i mean that that kind of works with you know the ebb and flow of people's emotions as well right like you know, do you, you know, anyone who's married, do you, do you love your wife as much as you, when you first met her? And then, then there was that a whole, you know, the fiery, you know, passion burning, you know, that changes. So, you know, if they did that on purpose and they meant to do that, you know, good on them. They're showing, you know, good aspects of writing. Um, but I, you know, I, my general feeling with their whole relationship was that it was a bit, it was kind of sprung on us a little bit because it wasn't really shown so much in the first and second season um it just sort of it was it was you know if you're going to go you know 
whether it was um, it was telegraphed or sprung on us, I'm going to lean towards the side a little bit more towards the side. It was a little bit sprung. Uh, there wasn't as many indications that it was going there, and not that that's a bad thing. You know, it, it can it says something about the characters where they just you know jumping from you know relationship to relationship very quickly, uh, and it goes to their unstableness, which you know I think they they both are a bit. Yeah, EMS says Harley Quinn is normalizing mental issues in a bad way. <clears throat> hmm. Well, uh, okay, I I I just want to uh kind of add add on to that statement um that that's a that's a big umbrella statement right there um in in some respects yes as far as like mental issues um uh, uh, with the uh kind of abusive relationships that she had you know with with joker and that sort of thing um as far as her sexuality goes, um, I don't think that kind of plays into any sort of like mental issues. Um, my uh, in that I think that she's in her search, you know, for um, you know someone to love and stuff like that. She's exploring all different sort of avenues. Um, but as far as uh, MS's statement goes for depicting mental issues in a bad way. She's certainly not a character that uh, one would look for uh, or look to for any sort of like ad advice or any kind of, um, you know, it, being held up as an example of right. like, okay, well, this is. This is well, what you uh and I don't think MS is saying that that the that the homosexuality is coming into play there with the mental thing because Harley has oh, always Harley has always had uh the mental issues uh and and stuff and and MS says I'm talking right now strictly about the character leaving her job joining Joker making her an example for girls and and yeah she's been held up as a hero um and 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 it's a certain particular crowd on the internet that holds her in high esteem, despite the fact that all, all pretty much all of her relationships have been toxic. It, it, exactly, and then you've got like all these memes and, and stuff like that, you know, with uh, uh, of course the iconic um, uh, Alex Ross cover for Mad Love. Um, and then the meme showing, you know, oh, relationship goals. Yeah. You know, with the Joker and, and Harley Quinn. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I do, I do agree with MS uh, with, in that statement as far as like, you know, being held up, you know, as a symbol of like, oh, hey, look at this. You know, isn't that something to like kind of, in lack of a better term, like strive for, right. you know, like relationship goals and that sort of thing. And, and yeah. they, Harley's a mess. Uh, if you had, yeah, the, if you this, had this actual this... person like in real life, she would be in rehab. She would be in in uh, inpatient rehab. Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, like this whole. Um, you know, uh, I have daughters, and we watched a little bit of DC superhero girls, and they have the whole. You know, the, it's it's sort of high school, or uh, you know, with the, yeah. these girls, and they have Harley Quinn involved too, and they're kind of you know trying to normalize her. And make her into sort of a semi-hero, and I know that a lot of people like her, and 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 they they sort of 
she's pulled as someone to look up to to girls but you know she should not be looked up to i mean she a, a, a so psychopath criminal she was supposed to treat him and instead of being uh, treating him she falls in love with him helps him <laughs> escape and becomes his partner yeah. i mean this person is seriously messed up you know she should be in jail forever and and you know she's definitely lost her psychi psychiatrist license i mean <laughs> like this is just all you know it, it's just like there's something seriously wrong with a person who would go, you know, this, you know, can you think of much of a worse uh, villain in the DC, in the Batman universe than, than the Joker. And she's like, you know, attracted to him so much that she wants to, she loves him and all this. I mean, she's a mess. Well, and, um, and the irony is that Harley was, Harley was just a one-off character in the animated show. You know, she wasn't supposed to have this longevity and popularity. And I mean, she was she the, the plan was she'd show up for an episode and be done, gone. And the response was such a, a, a huge positive. We love this character more. Harley, please. And they went, well, OK, people people are, are liking this character. They're like Arlene Sorkin and, and, and her performance. So let's play with it a little bit, and and Harley just blew up. And Camp, no, Harley Quinn is not based on Harley Quinn from Teen Titans. They are completely different characters. Um, Harley Quinn from Teen Titans, uh, the design is different, and 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 uh, Paul Dini and um, and um, Bruce Tim have Bruce both Tim? talked about the origins of the Harley Quinn character that's in the animated show. Nothing to do with Harlequin and from the Teen Titans in the in the fifties and sixties. No, it's yeah. not. That's not the same character. She is not a reboot of Harlequin from the sixty from the from Teen Titans. <clears throat> Completely yeah, it, different. It was, character. it was like when the Riddler um, had his uh, sidekicks uh, Echo and, and Query, and mm -hmm. that and and they've become kind of side characters. But I mean, um, not necessarily as fully fleshed out. Uh, of course, is is Harley Quinn, but right now we're getting into kind of to borrow a, a thing from uh, the the horror uh, genre. Uh, with Harley Quinn, uh, we're getting into this kind of um, sort of Freddy Krueger kind of thing, um, where in the original movies, you know, Freddy Krueger was definitely definitely the villain, not someone to look up to. In fact, they've kind of sort of retconned his origin story because he wasn't necessarily just a child murderer. Right. Um, and that, and, um, but once they saw that he was like, you know, a popular character, he, you know, became this kind of, you know, iconic sort of anti-hero and, and that sort of thing. And now, at least with the comic books, and she has yet to be introduced into any of the live action or animated series, um, they're trying to, give um a new sort of joker-esque uh villainous uh punchline they're trying to you know give her the sort of villain um psychotic tropes that sort of thing and um stick her in the place of where I think that they originally wanted Harley Quinn to be, to be yeah. in some respects. Punchline is more Harley than Harley in terms of psychosis. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, Cam, Cam, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with you here because uh, Barry Allen's Flash is inspired by Jay Garrick's Flash. Yes, 
But I have seen interviews. I know the history. I know the origin of the Harley Quinn character. It is not Harlequin from the Teen Titans. They're completely different different things. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna sell me on this idea that they're that she's a reboot of the character. Harley Quinn in the animated Batman series was completely original, was made up. Paul Dini had this idea because Arlene Sorkin had a voice. And he's like, that would be kind of cool. And and they had this this idea for this one-off character. She wasn't supposed to be anything more than just one episode. Arlene Sorkin came in and voiced her with that Brooklyn, you know, that 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 accent. And everybody loved it. And it was completely original. Nothing to do with the Teen Titans Harlequin. And it, it, it's not it's not the same because when DC rebooted the Flash with Barry Allen, that there was an acknowledgement there that Jay Garrick was in the past and was inspired, you know, inspired Barry. And you had the reboot of, of Green Lantern. You had all of this stuff. This was a this was a line wide reboot of various different characters. You know, Green Lantern, Hawkman, the Justice League came out after the Justice Society. Uh, you know, all of these different things. This Har- Har- Harley is a completely different scenario. So I, I'm, that's that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it because that's what Bruce Tim and Paul Dini said when they made her. So I I wasn't going to uh, mention this. But um, I kind of, uh, I mean, the same thought that MS put in there is, uh, I was thinking the same thing. I think, you know, part of the popularity for Harley Quinn is the, the sex symbol aspect yeah. to her. Yeah. That's what initially. And we got, that, we got that with Arkham Asylum, with the video game. When they, when they put, uh, when they put um, the, the leather outfit on her. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think that, sex symbol aspect is you know happens way before mm-hmm. that that's just that's more of a, a you know because of it it's carrying on but uh, yeah i think that's part of the popularity of her uh you know coming in there oh um D- D- yeah dc is is no stranger to cake <laughs> yeah it, it it does disturb me a little bit when i you know i go to halloween or something and i see you know eight-year-old six-year-old girls dressed up as harley quinn yeah uh, i find that a little especially disturbing. especially but, robbie uh, especially margot robbie's version of harley quinn like oh yeah daddy's little nightmare yeah. and stuff like that yeah like, that's, yeah that's well, not appropriate. any of the versions are a little disturbing i think yeah. but uh yeah <laughs> yes not, definitely anyway. i'm not um but I mean, well, okay, yeah. I just to kind of add on to uh, Disney, uh, excuse me, um, DC is no uh, stranger to cake. Um, <laughs> just like a whole subreddit. Right. Do we want to go down this rabbit hole? There's, there's nothing wrong with cake. Everyone likes cake. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I, and that you know, there's there's a whole subreddit um, <laughs> dedicated to uh, to 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 Dick Grayson. And and his derriere. Oh, so. Yeah, I know. No, we're not. We're not, <laughs> like, we're not doing that. No, no. I mean, I superheroes that. are supposed to, you know, are supposed to embody the male and female. Uh, oh, you know, stuff. the ultimate. Uh, you know. Yeah, I, ideal body image. Ideal. So it's the ideal yeah. body image. So I mean, I don't have too much. You know, you can oh, yeah. you have to expect that when you when yeah. you're looking at, but you know, still, eight year old girls. That's a little too far. That's a that's a you know that's too much. And that, yeah, I, I, um, I, I do, I would prefer to see myself the, um, 
the, the more widely available um, uh, DC superhero girls version of Harley Quinn's costume for girls as opposed to the Suicide Squad one. So I, I, I agree with size size not. I mean, I, I also, I mean, I find it a bit disturbing, this sort of trend where people start to, you know, worship or treat as heroes, you know, characters that are obviously villainous, villains and are, you know, you know, horrible people, such as Hardy Quinn. That's, you know, she's not a, she's not good. I mean, she might, you know, she might, you, she might be a victim in a sense as well, uh, partially, you know, that, that's part of it. But still, she, you know, she's not someone we should be looking up to, uh, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. But then that's that's like a well, I I think we could do like another whole open line Friday on the on the society's tendency to um, take you know anti-heroes and sort of like very deliberately um, uh, eliminate and delete the anti out of the anti-hero, you know, kind of lifting well, them up and stuff like that. that. That's, and, and like I say, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger conversation. I think there, the anti-hero has his place. I mean, you look at Han Solo, for example, he would be a good example of, of a, a kind of anti-hero watered down, not anti-hero the way the Punisher is, yeah, but the Punisher, Punisher started as a villain. The Punisher started out as a villain. You know, Lobo started as a villain. You know that that's that sort of thing. But if you have if this this where we are culturally, I think contributes a lot to that because there's a lot of nihilism. There's a lot of uh, pessimism. You know, the world's coming to an end. I mean, here we've got the doomsday clock. It's now how how many minutes to midnight? Now we're on the verge of World War Three. We've got Abrams tanks being shipped over to, to Ukraine and an escalation over there. There's there are ninety seconds. Hey, we're we're that close to the to the end of the world, right? And and we don't have a lot of, of a lot of stories out there to inspire us. I mean, you look at the DC, look at the Snyderverse stuff. Dark, gloomy, gritty, and and we don't have heroes. There's a there's a group of, of authors out there in this what what they're they're calling a self styled superversive movement, which is basically we need heroes again. We need villains that are villains. We need heroes that are heroes, white hats and black hats, and there's hope in the in these stories and the and the good guy wins and the good guy maybe gets the girl and at the end of the story, you know, happily ever after type of things. We don't get those stories as much as we need them, I think. So that's just me, though. Yeah, I mean, I won't, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know if I'll ever forgive Snyderverse for how they treated Superman. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, if there's anybody that's supposed to be hope, it's him. And they turned him into, you know, you know, uh, Batman Jr. in that, in that respect, right? Batman's the dark guy. You don't need Superman to be dark too, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You could do a whole show on antiheroes and this sort of, uh, you know, people treating uh, villains as heroes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I think uh, that's that's a that's a topic worth uh, worth exploring. Maybe we'll do that over on the East Two O podcast, and uh, and have some discussion over there. So, all right, we've gone we've gone past our hour. <clears throat> good discussion though. It's good talk. Good talk. We'll, we'll have to do it again. And see, let me let me remind people this idea of Open Line Friday. Um. All of you are welcome to call in when we do these shows. You know, don't don't feel like you can't jump in and 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 share your thoughts and 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 comments and and that kind of thing. Don't be shy. But right now, you don't have time to be shy because we're going to wrap up. All right, <laughs> that's that's it for today, folks. Thanks very much for being here, Stop, Thanks for calling in, Christopher. Thanks no for problem. for being here thanks. again. And thanks to all of you for uh, for participating and being in the chat. Um, I will direct your attention to Culture Casino's channel where he's going to be doing the Friday pre-flight at, uh, in about 35 minutes from now. So, so go check that out. In the meantime, you can find us on various different social media platforms. And uh, we've got the newsletter out there. Find us over on the Discord. Get over there and uh, and jump in. We'll have further discussions and conversations over there. Uh, and connect with us on Odyssey. Of course, on Odyssey and Rumble, we have uh, our uh, memberships are in place now. So you can uh, join the channel and be a member if you want to do that. And uh, tomorrow, we've got Good Morning Multiverse, as well as the return of foreign bodies at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. So check that out uh, going on tomorrow. And that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, everybody. And don't forget, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 